testing, testing. Is this thing on? Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to iKidapod. We're your hosts for today's program, Mrs. Trepteau. And Miss Thompson. Today we have a very special episode planned for our listeners. It is Saturday, and we gave our reporters the day off. They've been working very hard to provide up-to-date coverage of this exciting race. On today's episode, we will provide some of the race coverage, as well as spend a little time talking about what it takes to put out a podcast in an elementary classroom. All right. So we will uh, begin by talking about this exciting race and some of the things that happen have happened over the past 24 hours. Um, we constantly keep track um, on iditarod.com. So as of Saturday morning, our current leaderboard is Nicholas Petit, and he is resting at mile 610 between Eagle Island and Caltag. Coming up behind him is your Lisef Olsum, who is uh, also resting in Eagle Island, um, or is actually resting in Eagle Island with Peter Kaiser, uh, Mitch Seavey, Richard Richie Deal, Ali Zirkel, and Ryan Reddington. Many of these mushers have already taken their eight hour, uh, with the exception of Allie, who is just starting hers. Yeah, we are actually seeing many of the teams coming behind Nick with faster times. Uh, what we're hearing from the Iditarod.com coverage is that after Nick, um, three snow machines went through, making that trail nice and hard packed for all of those mushers coming up behind. So you just really never know what's going to happen on this course. <laughs> um. I think that we are really going to start seeing this race heat up and we aren't talking about the unseasonably warm temps. (laughs) Uh, We know that anything can happen in this race, especially as mushers near the coast. Uh, We know storms uh, come out of nowhere and the wind can play a factor as well as the sea ice and anything can still happen in this race. And one of the things that I, that was also said multiple times is that it's, there's quite a bit of rain happening, um, which throws a wrench in things as well. Which is really strange because here in Wisconsin, the temperatures have been pretty cold, unseasonably cold. In fact, the day that the Iditarod kicked off, I believe it was 36 in Willow, 35 something. Here it was negative 22. So (laughs) is this real? Is this still happening? Uh. So perhaps we need to start a dog sled race right here in the middle (laughs) of Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah, so um, may, maybe some of you have heard previously that the food bags were not going to make it to Eagle Island due to the warm weather, and they, they didn't want those drop bags sitting there um, with the wildlife you know, getting into them or the food spoiling or whatever. But according to an article by Kaiser Racing, a private airline company by the name of Ryan Air pulled through to help out. Uh, Lee Ryan from Ryan Air says, always glad to lend a hand to the mushers on the trail. So they were able to get some supplies out there, um, which is probably why we're seeing quite a few teams stopping there at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So the other reason why we are doing this special episode, um, on a Saturday, which we don't always do for the kids, but we figured we would help them out. Um, We're going to actually shift gears and we're going to spend some time talking about the production of a podcast in a classroom. Yeah, and I think I'll get started because this idea really um, started, or um, the seed of it started about four years ago. And um, you know, I was just getting into podcasting as a listener. You know, I just kind of learned about them. And I really had no idea how to create one or go about any, any way of doing that. But uh, I was looking for a way to spice up the Iditarod unit because we've kind of always taught the Iditarod. And so I thought, hmm, 
maybe I could try podcasting with the Iditarod. And I really didn't even know if my class could pull it off. And I was okay if they couldn't. In fact, that's exactly how I pitched it to them. I said, hey guys, you know, I've got this idea. It might work. It might not work. But hey, you know, let's let's just give it a shot. Um, little did I know that it was probably the most impactful experience that I've ever created for my students. So it's kind of the background of it. Um, but we, we actually did reach out to some of our listeners and ask for questions. And so I'm going to let Miss Thompson introduce the first question from a listener. All right. That sounds good. So um, this question comes from um, at Dan Bixby, who is from Idaho. Dan is one of our newest Twitter friends um, and part of the Blair Braverman, uh, who um, is actually part of Wisconsin, which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, she only lives district. like an hour and a half away. That's where her kennel is yeah, from us. So Ooh. we're hoping to maybe try and connect with her at some point. <laughs> no. But um, we'll let her finish the race first. Um, <laughs> and the hashtag, uh, hashtag ugly dog crew. Um, and his question is uh, the following. So my biggest question is the overall time commitment each day and how um, slash whether that impacts any other instruction. Is podcasting something that you and... Mrs. Trapto and myself do throughout the school year, or is the Ikidapod the only week or weeks um, we actually do that? Would you like to start with that oh, one? You can start. Okay, so um, it, it's an interesting thing, and going off of what um, Mrs. Trapto had just got done talking about, with you know, at the beginning, it not really, you know, not really. No, if it failed, it failed, and and it being the case, but now with it being season four, um, there's a little bit more pressure for it to not fail, (laughs) (laughs) um, because we have a crew of listeners, um, and she had just mentioned earlier when we were setting up for this, that we have kids from the past and parents from the past contacting, um, us saying they're listening. And so, um, it's, it, it gets to be a little bit more time commitment in the sense that, um, we don't feel like we can make it fail. Um, I think that um, we spend quite a bit of our reading and writing time, which is um, about a 120 minute um, time frame throughout the day, two 60, 60 minute blocks back to back this year. Um, so I guess it depends on the year on what that looks like. Um, it does, um, <laughs> we like to call this a love hate relationship with the podcast because we get worn out as well as teachers, um, uh, working through this. So, um, we do take quite a bit of time outside of the class to make sure that it's, it's up and running, but ideally, um, given the best circumstances, um, the kids are doing all of the recording, editing, um, and, and publishing within that 120 minutes, um. With me this year, with snow days, that's proved to be a little bit difficult. But Yeah, and I'll just uh, add a little bit to that as well. Uh, you know, th- it actually connects with several of our subjects, not just um, what you would think is like writing a script or, you know, um, fluency with reading. But it, it pairs nicely, of course, with reading and writing because it is during our reading and, and writing block. But there are really interesting ways that you can also bring in math into the Iditarod. Mm-hmm. You can bring in some science and some STEM activities or STEAM, neither one. <laughs> um, and like it just really is an, an easy way to um, add into your what you're already currently doing. I will say that it takes a, a little creativity in terms of setting up your teams. So when I ran it in my classroom, my kids were divided into five teams, and they were named after checkpoints along the race. So we had a Caltech, Shatulik, um, Elam, and so on. And they were usually uh, researching, writing scripts, 
recording or editing and when they weren't doing one of those four things they were working with me on reading skills skills that every fourth grader needs to work on so one day we'd be sitting down there working on summarizing and working on you know um, different character attributes or, or whatever it may be so you, you just have to be a little bit creative with the schedule um, really when you come into the classroom when the podcast is running it looks like a mini newsroom so everyone's mm-hmm. just kind of running around doing what they're supposed to be doing kids are signing up for stories or signing up for vocabulary and I was always impressed with the way the kids just hop to it and and I think a piece of that is they didn't want it to fail they don't want it to fail so yeah I I think it's a matter of how much you want to put into it it's any unit that you you take on you know yeah how much do you want it to consume what you're doing Um, I think the biggest thing that drives both of us when we're doing this unit is the kids engagement you know and if they weren't engaged we wouldn't um run it the way that we're running it but um so yeah yeah and I think one of my favorite stories that I always like to tell about the podcast you know as a as an educator and as a teacher whenever you can give your students an authentic audience whether that's just their classmates or other classes in school or their families you know that there's going to be more engagement and more effort put forth and so obviously with the podcast you have access to the world like we can see our subscription data and we have subscribers who are in Europe we have obviously a lot of subscribers here in Wisconsin California <laughs> Alaska yeah. Um, but what what always kind of sticks with me is is my students, of course, knew that. We looked at that data. We saw all of, our, all of our subscribers. And I remember distinctly this one day when we were kind of running right to the deadline of getting an episode up. There was this group that was st- sort of struggling to work together and to, to kind of get it um, published. And I overheard one of the boys just put his hands down on the table real firmly and say, you guys, you don't get it. My mom listens to this. <laughs> And that that story will always stick with me because that was enough for him. It was enough that his family was listening. You know, of course he knew, like, the world is listening. Yeah. But it was, it's just always always kind of cool to, to see that. Help so. them hold each other accountable, yeah. for sure. Yeah. All right. Next question. Next question. Okay, so this actually is a um, part two of that question from Dan Bixby. Um, his second part to that question was, how much do you have to be hands-on versus how much are the kids kind of self-learning, teaching about the tools and steps to produce a podcast? Um, you know, I would start by saying, you know, the Iditarod begins in, in March, but we really start our podcast unit in January. And in January, we start talking about podcasts because for the most part, nine-year-olds have no idea what a podcast is. Mm -hmm. And so we start simply by having them subscribe to some kid-friendly podcasts and have them just start listening and just kind of get an idea for what a podcast is. You know, what is the goal of the podcast? Mostly people are talking more casual. Um, There's music involved, which we later help them to, to discover those are called bumpers. And then we um, will spend some time introducing the technology. So we are a one-to-one iPad school, which we're so thankful for, yes. which means our students have GarageBand right at their fingertips. And so we show them how to make bumpers and we actually have bring a little fun into it. We do a bumper contest. Mm-hmm. And so any of our long-term fans might have noticed that our music changes every year. So our kids will put together a bumper and, and they have to say like, is, is this for a moment in history? Is this for meet the dogs? Is this for meet the musher? Um, and then they vote and they decide on their bumpers. And then little by little, we're teaching them more about the tools so that they can be self-sufficient when the podcast is actually up and running. 
um, I would say that we're more hands-on at first mm-hmm. in that first. And, and when I ran it, I tried to do a three-week, like the week before yeah. the Iditarod kicked off. And then, of course, however long the race lasts, which usually ends up being right around three weeks. Um, but by the end, I mean, they're... <laughs> They are like I have I have a great photo of one of my students who's editing um, his podcast on the bus on a field trip. <laughs> <laughs> Such a busy time for fourth grade, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. Any um, thoughts you want to add to that? Yeah, I, ours is only going to be two weeks this year, more than likely. Um, we've had we've some been... <laughs> snow here. We've had a lot of snow in Wisconsin, and a lot of snow snow, snow means days. a lot of snow days. Yeah. <laughs> so we're breaking records in seven snow days. Um, which to go back kind of that to that first question is other stuff definitely can get in the way that that um, the that is just mandatory for teachers to do and so um, you know testing and those types of things um, kind of trips us up in that but um, hands on for sure at the beginning um, we are just finishing for uh, my class this year uh, the first round. Uh, or the first attempt for each group on a podcast episode. Each team? Yeah, yeah each team. So um, yesterday's episode was actually the, f- the second for our first group. And so you'll start to hear um, the kids actually, hopefully, <laughs> ideally improving uh, on this, this next um, round. So it's it's a five-group five rotation for my class as well. And um, it, it is a lot more hands, hands-off um, as you get further, but um, the groups are now getting to the point where they can actually edit on their own with GarageBand, um, uh, you know, changing the, adding in the sounds and, and putting all those things in. But it's amazing to me at the beginning when you start with GarageBand, how many kids, because um, we've been one-to-one for four years now, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. Um, how many of them come in and they're like, oh, yeah, I totally know GarageBand. It's, it's you know, super easy to use and I can make sounds. And then um, whether, you know, Mrs. Trepto um, coming in to teach it for being the um, tech integration or, or myself and um, they go, wow, I did not know that you could do that with GarageBand. And so um, it, it's amazing to me how much we can actually teach them with technology. So I definitely think it's a progression on how much we um we have to be hands-on and how much we can let them kind of be self help, um, self motivating through this. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that, like as our listeners, you will start to hear them improve. And that really is, that's, that's the bread and butter of this whole production. I cannot tell you enough about how much their fluency improves, how much their research and writing skills improves, and most importantly, their confidence. Like to get on air and to speak in front of a microphone is not real easy as a fourth grader. Mm-hmm. But by the end of the unit, they're just so used to it. And it's, it's just really neat to see that transformation happen within our class. I mean, I, I could just talk to I'm blue in the face about the importance of podcasting in the classroom. And then the other thing I really wanted to add is, you know, as teachers, we're always real leery of um, promoting athletes <laughs> in the world just oh, yeah. because they're not always the best role models. But we have found that to be total opposite in the mushing world. Every single musher that we have ever um, just seen on Iditarod.com or just seen them on, on social media, and or we've even just kind of reached out to a few of them, they have been so generous. And they, they always conduct themselves with such humility, and they're just... Um, people that we can um, 
comfortably point and tell our students, you know, there's someone to look up to. So I, I just can't say enough about that. I mean, you see video like like last night on um, Iditarod.com of Allie going through the villages, handing out her, from her snack bag, <laughs> was handing out her own granola bars and sticks of cheese um, and bars that she had made at home. I mean, that, that just speaks volume. And we're so happy to promote that, that kind of athlete in our classroom. Yeah. You know, we've reached out to quite a few of them on social media because our, our students research the mushers. And so sometimes they're struggling to find information. Mm-hmm. So I'll be like, well, let's just tweet them. Yeah. Oh, let's just Facebook message it. And they, they'll respond to us. They'll send us booties. Allie, um, actually the first season of the podcast sent my classroom a postcard. And I still have that to this day. And uh, I just remember how, how excited my kids were when that came. So Very cool. So yeah. one more question that I'll throw out there that you can kind of answer for both of us is that um, what are some other things that we do with the I Did Around besides the podcast? Oh, good question. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, of course, we love the book by Gary Paulson, Woodsong. That is still one of my all-time favorite books. And, and so we um, have our kids read that story ideally along the same time as we're doing the podcast so that they can sometimes be at similar checkpoints mm-hmm. um, that the mushers are, that Gary is at. So that's kind of fun. Um, we have them do mushing trading cards. So uh, if you... Look on my Twitter account at Felicity Trepto. You will at some point come across a picture of this giant map mm-hmm. <laughs> down our wall, and I think yours too, yep. right? at Miss Thompson. Yep. Um, the the big map of the route, and hanging above that map are all of our mushing trading cards, which the students love to do. We do, and I did a read with our students, so they have to read page per mile. So ideally, they would read around a thousand pages to get to our finish line, mm-hmm. and we do a little award ceremony with that. Yep. Um, and the goal with that is that they would do that in approximately the two weeks that it takes to finish to start and finish the race i think they they have until the red lantern right yep yep yeah Yeah. Uh, and then a couple of other things you know we go over all the positions on the team and we let them build their own team so they can kind of adopt uh 14 virtual dogs (laughs) and kind of describe what their personalities are and where they placed them on their team as well as they come up with their own mushing names which i'm sure you've heard about on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) very creative there Mm. anything i'm forgetting um not off the top of my head. Um, I think just them being able to, we actually have the um, racers on the map as well. Oh, yeah. Um, Keeping track. On our big map, the map. The, the, the map. We've made three different, four different maps. Um, Low snow routes. <laughs> North, south. Thing, yeah. But I think we're good. So if the Iditarod <laughs> could stop changing courses on us, that would be great. Um, we have... Once they see the size, they'll understand. <laughs> Uh, we have the racers on there as well. So the kids come in every morning. We just updated in the morning um, and they come in every uh, morning. In fact, I just had two boys. I just posted this on Twitter last week where they were actually late to class because they were in a big discussion about why Nicholas Petit was, um, didn't win last year and who they think is going to win this year and all that good stuff. So um, that's also available for them to kind of um, see. And what's also through. cool is other students from other classrooms who aren't studying the Iditarod will come and just watch that map. So yeah. it's kind of cool. Yeah, the power of this this unit is um, addicting, I think. Yeah. So, all right. All right. Well, we'd like to give a quick shout out to the I Did a Pod podcast, another podcast that is providing daily coverage of this race. Um, we're going to actually give you a little listen of that podcast in case you're not familiar with it. Uh, this is actually a partnership that, that we formed with them three years ago. They heard about our podcast, which has run one year longer than theirs. But here's a quick listen of their podcast. 
Welcome to The Iditapod, a podcast about, what else, The Iditarod. I'm your host, Casey Grove. Welcome to the first episode of Season 3. The Iditarod. All right. So our students love to listen to their coverage, and I, I really think that they've helped our kiddos improve on their own podcasting skills, just listening to the great casual conversations that they have and the, the coverage that they are providing. So special thanks out to Ben Matheson, Josh Edge, Zachariah Hughes, Casey Grove, and Alaska Public Media. We love that podcast partnership that we formed with the Iditapod over the years. Um, we are just waiting for the day that our reporters can join all of you out in the field. So <laughs> if you ever want to fly us out to Alaska to provide coverage, to we would there. love to join you. <laughs> all right. So thank you for listening to Ikidapod coverage of the Idita Rod provided by kids. And we, teachers. <laughs> we would like to pay a special thanks to Iditarod.com, the mushers, and of course the dogs. Tune in next time. Thanks. Bye-bye.